I just feel so blessed to have taught in that district. Every person I uh, encountered just taught me something else about how to treat people, about how to be successful, uh, about you know how to how to reach kids and and, and impact their lives. And I'm very gra- uh, grateful for my for my time at the Monroe School District. Welcome to episode 34 of Wisco Legacy. I'm your host, Corey Kunder. Today we have Mike Flanagan. Mike led the Blackhawk girls basketball team to a state title in 2019 and amassed a career record of 309-71 and in 15 years at the helm. Although Mike is known as a legend on the court, he's also an incredible educator. He spent the majority of his career at the school district of Monroe and was recently named the principal at Darlington Elementary and Middle School. On this episode, we talk about his career as an educator his next steps into administration, his coaching career, pursuing your dream, and more. We did touch on an event that happened last week. Mike and I mutually agreed to delay this episode, but I wanted to include that piece of the conversation as he's involved in a great event that does a lot of good. Be on the lookout for that event next year. For the Blackhawk faithful, you may enjoy some of our previous episodes. We've had a number of people connected to Blackhawk on the podcast. Go check out our previous episodes wherever you're listening. And now, let's dive into episode 34 with Mike Flanagan. Hi, I'm Mike Flanagan. I'm the elementary middle school principal at Darlington, Wisconsin, and this is my Wisco Legacy. Welcome to Wisco Legacy. I'm your host, Corey Kundert. Really excited today to have Mike Flanagan on. Mike is the newly appointed principal for the elementary and middle school in Darlington, Wisconsin. He has a incredible background in girls basketball uh, coaching for Blackhawk. Really excited to talk all things that. And uh, Mike, thanks for joining Wisco Legacy. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. So you grew up in uh, the southwest part of Wisconsin has been your your upbringing. You grew up in Argyle. Can you talk about growing up in Argyle, Wisconsin? You bet. I grew up on a dairy farm between Argyle and Monticello, about seven miles out of Argyle. And so hard work was a part of my everyday experience got up really early to milk cows and do chores and then got ready for school and and headed off there and and uh was active in a lot of organizations at school but really uh my roots are in that that hard work and that dairy farming uh background that that so many people in this area have in their families you, you see that a lot, in, especially in smaller towns in in Wisconsin, and it's just a, a big part of our culture here in Wisconsin. I'm sure you learned a lot on the farm that, that's helped you throughout life. I really did. You know, my parents were very supportive of us kids. I have uh, six siblings, and so uh, there was a gap between the first four and uh, myself and my younger brother and younger sister. My younger brother is still on the farm, and he bought that from my dad uh, a few years back. Uh, but yeah, there were just so many lessons to be learned from that uh, childhood, especially uh, just just the appreciation uh, of what we had and understanding that good things came from uh, you know two people who are willing to put in in the time and make the sacrifices necessary to live a to live a life. So I, I can't say enough about my, you know, my, my upbringing and, and the values that it instilled in me. And those are some things that have certainly allowed me to do the various, you know, fill the various roles that I've, that I've had throughout my adulthood. 
Absolutely. Sports have been a, a big part of your adult life uh, with coaching. I know, uh, I think you were my, uh, one of my middle school football coaches back in the day. Uh, can you talk about uh, some sports you were involved in growing up? Yeah. So, you know, time was tight on the farm. So, you know, we really were allowed to, to, to do uh, a sport and, you know, I chose football. And so a lot of people are surprised to find out given the, the success I had as a, as a basketball coach, I didn't play uh, basketball in high school, but uh, you know, sports was something that my brother and I certainly participated in uh, together. That was a, a great bond that we had. And then, as you said, when I got employed at Monroe Middle School as an English teacher, I dove right into uh, various sports, football, as you said, and then boys and girls basketball, I even did a little bit of track. And so it was a diverse experience when it came to coaching, and that all led to the preparation that was necessary for, uh, for being a varsity coach eventually. Absolutely. So after, after you graduated high school, you went to UW-Platteville. Can you talk about your experience there? I loved my time at Platteville, made a lot of great friends, had some, some great professors. I felt like I had a top-notch education and participated in a lot of intramurals while I was while I was there. And we had a lot of fun doing that. Again, it just reaffirmed that interest in, in sports. But it was, you know, it was really nice to, to, to be around people who had similar backgrounds to mine, but then also to meet people who came from a lot of different walks of life. Certainly UW Platteville is not the, the mecca of diversity, but at the same time, there, there were a lot of people there uh, whose backgrounds were different uh, from mine and from the, from the people that I had been associated with. So just broadening my horizons, getting off the farm and, and, and meeting a lot of different people, it, it really uh, gave me a worldly, worldliness that I didn't have before. Absolutely. And you, I assume you majored in education at Platteville because you became a teacher. Uh, what inspired you to pursue a career in education? Yeah, you know, I feel like it's unique when a person can say that when he or she was in seventh grade, that career path was was there in front of him or her. But for me, that was the case. I was really young. I had some some great teachers who inspired me to pursue education. And I, I was always, you know, pretty successful in school, but I knew from a very early age that I wanted to work with young people. And I wanted that to be, uh, you know, my, uh, my way of, of living. So, uh, I, I, I credit, uh, some, some members of my family who were in education. I credit the teachers and, and coaches whom, whom I, uh, whom I had. And, you know, it's really been the thing. I didn't really ever consider anything else when it came to career options. I knew I wanted to teach. And then later it became apparent to me that I, that coaching was a great extension of that classroom. I never had you as a teacher, but you always had so much fun. Uh, I, I know walking in the halls in middle school, you were high-fiving kids and just everybody enjoyed being in your class and you were, you're an awesome coach for me in football. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm glad you pursued your passion. And um, can you talk about, since you spent a, a large majority of your career at the school district of Monroe, can you talk about your experience in Monroe and how that helped shape you? Yeah, for sure. I, I just feel so blessed to have taught in that district. It's a really progressive school in terms of the, the things that they're doing to 
impact student learning and, and the growth that I had as a, as a teacher there, the things that I learned, it's, it's just immense. But as you said, I always felt like it was a great uh, place to be a lot of different uh, kids whom I encountered. And my goal was always to, as you said, make those relationships and really, really get to know not only the kids who were in my classroom, but any kid who walked down the hallway. I felt like Monroe was a great place uh, to start. And as you said, once I was there, it, it, you know, it became the bulk of my experience working in Monroe Middle School. I had some great administrators over the years, had some great coworkers over the years. And every person I uh, encountered just taught me something else about how to treat people, about how to be successful, uh, about, you know, how to, how to reach kids and, and, and impact their lives. And I'm very gra- grateful for my, for my time at the Monroe School District. And I'm sure the Monroe School District is grateful you chose to work there. Uh, I know you made an impact on my life uh, in the just you know being on the football field and being being in the hallways. And I know you made a tremendous impact for a lot of uh, students that went through Monroe Middle School. Um, can you so so you recently were, were named principal at uh, Darlington Elementary and Middle School. Uh, this is a a next step in your progression in your um, educational career. What inspired you to become a principal and what uh, what inspired you to head over to Darlington? Yeah, I feel like the leaders who mentored me over the years, as I said, I had some great administrators. You know, my most recent administrator, uh, Brian Bame at the middle school is, is one of the smartest individuals I've ever been around and, and really has a vision for what he wants that building to, uh, to, to, to be. And so uh, it's always been in the back of my mind that if the opportunity arose and, and, and I felt like I was ready uh, to, to champion a vision of my own for, for a school building. And so when the Darlington job came open, I decided to throw my hat in the ring, not knowing what would happen. And as you said, uh, everything worked out. But I, I think Darlington is, is a, a wonderful community. The people I've I've met so far are just so supportive. And if there's anything, you know, people who are around this area know that uh, it, it is that the, the, the community of Darlington cares a lot about uh, their kids, cares a lot about their academic success, cares a lot about their their extracurricular pursuits, their theatrical pursuits. It's, it's really a place that puts uh, the, the, the kids in the school district at the center uh, of, of the community. And so I just feel like it's the right fit for me. And um, I'm really looking forward to, to getting started and, and, and trying to actuate a, a vision that, that I have and, and to be that servant leader, you know, to, to, to serve first, to, to make, people's lives better to, to, to be uh, there for, for, for my staff and, and to make sure that the, the things that I'm doing are advancing their cause and, and, and helping them to achieve uh, what they're there to do, which is to, is to educate every kid and, and, and to, make, to make lives better. And, and so um, I'm just, like I said, enthusiastic about the opportunity. Can't wait to get started. Uh, already started even though uh, my official date is july july 1 there are certainly things that uh, that have come up and 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 i am happy to be uh, on this journey 
and uh, can't wait to see where it takes me. I'm really excited for you uh, to help lead the the vision there. And um, what, how do you, how do you feel about that transition from coming out of the classroom to now being an administrator? It's probably a, a big transition. Can you talk about that? It, it is. Yeah. I, I feel like obviously the, the years of experience that I've, that I've had and, and the, the, the multitude of, of, of things that I've done uh, in the classroom. And it, I was at, at the middle school there, as you said, for many years. But prior to that, I was the lead teacher at an at-risk high school there in Monroe. I taught for three years at Blackhawk uh, in the high school uh, English department before you know coming back to Monroe this year. So I've been around, seen uh, you know different different systems, and and so. Um, take a little bit from every place that I've gone. Uh, but I, I, I think that there will be some things that will obviously uh, stay the same. It's going to be about relationships. It's going to be about, you know, uh, making those connections with kids. Uh, but then also, you know, dealing with, uh, with adults in a little bit different way. Um, I, I really believe that my coaching experience will uh, transcend over to this role because when we think about it, um, Leadership, although it looks different in every domain, there's a lot of things that that, um, that that carry over. And so, you know, for me, this is just a different kind of team, uh, different kinds of point guards and and uh, and and captains and, and and things like that. But it's really about finding people's strengths and then empowering them to use those strengths uh, to to do their jobs at, at their fullest potential. So, I'm gonna I'm gonna be coaching again. Uh, just a just a different kind of team. We won't be bouncing a ball, but we'll be uh, we'll we'll be we'll be affecting you know kids' lives. Yeah, that's really great. Um, that's a really good transition into your coaching career. So you spent, uh, I believe, 15 years as the head coach for the Blackhawk girls basketball team. Uh, first of all, what inspired you to coach girls basketball? You know, at the middle school in Monroe, I had experience with both. I coached, as you said, football. So I knew about those uh, animals, you know, you were one of those animals. And then, uh, and, and then uh, boys basketball and girls basketball. It was a, there. I've always said to people, you know, t- to me, it was never about coaching uh, girls basketball versus boys basketball. I don't think I would have done anything uh, different had I, had I coached on the other side. It's still about expectations. It's still about clarity. It's still about, um, you know, finding roles and, and, and helping people embrace those roles. Uh, but, but certainly I was blessed with some very, very talented athletes, some very, very fine young ladies. And, and again, we think about in life when we have different junctures, you know, at which we take on new challenges and the timing couldn't have, have been better. You know, it was in 2006, 2007, I took over the program. Um, it, there was a, a group of young kids coming up who certainly possessed some, some potential. And so they just needed somebody to uh, point them in the right direction. And, 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 and again, give them that vision of what we wanted to be. Uh, one of the first things that somebody said to me when I took the job was that, um, I was walking into a tough situation because of how high the expectations were. And you know, my response to that is I, I wouldn't want it any other way. You know, we were, we were willing to dream things that uh, other people had maybe dreamt, but had not uh, been able to, to, to 
make a real reality. So we knew that uh, that that getting to a state tournament was was something that um, was within our reach if we did things the right way. Uh, and and we were not afraid to dream big. And so I think that was the biggest thing is that uh, we we put a system in place. We stayed true to that system. We stayed consistent in our messaging. And then we had kids who were willing to put in the work and willing to buy into the into the mission and, and, and great things happen when those things all come together. Absolutely. In, in, in those 15 years, you racked over 300 wins. Uh, there's a state championship in there. You had another season where you went undefeated, but it was cut short due to COVID. Um, can you talk about uh, the experience of winning a state title and then following that up with uh, the uh, challenge of not being able to finish out an undefeated season? Yeah, and and you certainly, uh, I know a lot of great, great, great coaches who have never been able to to win a state title. So I know how blessed I am to have to have been able to experience that. Uh, it was it, it was a dream come true. And in, in 2018, we were knocking on that door and had a an abysmal uh, day shooting. Uh, probably could have been another state championship. As you said, uh, one of our best teams didn't get to complete uh, the season. But, you know, again, uh, if, if you can't find a way to uh, learn from every experience you have, then it's, it's a missed opportunity. So um, to, to go from that elation uh, of winning the whole thing and then having uh, that, that opportunity the next year cut short, uh, we really tried to to message that as well as we could to the girls, make them understand that as disappointed as they were, uh, that that there were a lot worse things that could happen, and and, and certainly um, those those kids uh, are stronger uh, for having gone through that. Even though it's something I wouldn't wish upon uh, any athlete, but um, just just amazing, amazing uh, kids who are able to put their egos aside, willing to put the team first. And, uh, and yeah, very, very few uh, uh, coaches can say that, you know, that the best team that they ever had um, didn't, you know, didn't get to, to finish that out. But, but someday we'll be talking about um, the, the pandemic in general and all of the things that, um, that it disrupted and, uh, and we'll have some stories to tell about, about the unique times that, that we lived through. Yeah, absolutely. It, I, I couldn't imagine being 15, 16, 17, 18 years old going on that run of, I think you were 26 and 0 at the time. And it, you, if I remember right, you had a really long winning streak as a team. Um, having that just cut short, I just, it would be really hard to, to navigate that at, at that age. And, um, like you said, there's every opportunity is, is a lesson. And, uh, I hope those, uh, those athletes took that and, um, I'm sure they've implemented some things from that. So yeah, I, I appreciate, it. I'm sure I, I couldn't imagine just going through that anyway. Um, Blackhawk as a school district has had a lot of success with their athletics. It's a very small school. Uh, South Wayne's a very small town. Um, while you were, you were coaching there, can you talk about the culture of success that, that Blackhawk had? 
Yeah, you know, I, I feel like um, on on both the, the the football front and the uh, and the and the girls basketball, and certainly that you know those are the the two that are uh, spotlighted the most because of the the level of success. But uh, those athletes at Blackhawk on both the boys and the girls sides, they they just um, they they I think toughness is the 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 ultimate X factor. Uh, with those kids, um, we were really intent uh, on our teams about not not using excuses, uh, not complaining, um, making sure that at the end of the day, we always said it: uh, if if anybody were to come and watch us play, we wanted the response of that spectator. If it was the only game they ever saw, uh, we would want that person to say those those kids play harder than any kids that I've ever watched. And I and certainly on the football field, uh, the, our, our, our football players, a, a lot of games I walked away from saying nobody hits harder uh, th- than those Blackhawk kids do. So I think it's a, you know, it's toughness. And, and we know that toughness is too, is two pronged, right? That you've got the physical toughness that comes from the preparation and putting in the work, but then just that, that mentality. And I feel like uh, success breeds success. Certainly we fed off of what football did and, and you know, football in turn, uh, you know, fed off of, of, of what we were doing. But, you know, we've seen it in Monroe uh, before too, where on both the girls and, and the guys' sides of things, uh, kids achieving uh, great success and success becomes uh, an expectation. It becomes uh, a, a way of doing things. And I feel like uh, at that small school, the athletic success can be attributed to that. And then, of course, again, you come back to your community and what they prioritize. And, and the people at Blackhawk, certainly, uh, they, they, they take great pride in, in the accolades that their uh, they're young athletes amass. So um, that knowing that, that people are interested in what you do and, and want to see you succeed is, is obviously a motivator. To, to put in the effort. You've had a number of student athletes play at the next level. Um, can you, can you talk about some of the, the impact that uh, an athlete like that can have on a small program like that? Yeah. just like uh, winning a state championship can, can put the seed in young people's minds that it can be done. Uh, seeing someone uh, elevate to that, to that next level uh, reminds kids in a small town that it's not impossible. And so, uh, you know, the, the, the kids who come after, uh, you know, uh, a Jen Wellness or, or a Bailey Butler, you know, they, they aspire uh, to, to have that same kind of success. And not every, not every athlete can reach that, obviously. I mean, there's a lot of uh, intangibles that, uh, that preclude some athletes from, from maybe reaching that. But just knowing that it's not out of reach, knowing that it's something that um, can be attained, I, I feel like uh, we've always had kids, and, and, and throw those exceptions aside, just just kids who have provided that model for the next generation uh, of kids. And you know, one thing we're really proud, or I'm really proud about, is just the sustained uh, success that we had over the 15 years that that I was there, because. Uh, in a small school, it's it's very possible that a that a, an amazing group of kids comes together at the right time, and you've got those two or three years of sustained success. But I was really proud of the fact that we were able to do that over a long period of time, and and 
we always wanted to make sure that at the end of the season, people would say that we maximized or exceeded our potential. Uh, we, we wanted to reach our ceiling every single campaign. And I feel like, you know, over the 15 years, we, we did that. Uh, can you talk about some of the the memorable memorable moments you had? Uh, I I know you won a state title, and we kind of briefly went over that. But can you talk about some of the the memorable moments you had as a coach? Yeah, I think it always goes back to the kids. Um, you know, whether it's seeing that that kid who didn't believe in herself um, become a player that no one really thought uh, that she that she would be. Uh, I had some amazing point guards over the year. And over the years and 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 that's always to me been just a special relationship because regardless of of that kid's talent level or uh or, or the skill set that 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 kid has we always said that our success ebbed and flowed based on you know the quality of of our point guards and part of that is uh can you can you have a kid who's an extension of of, of the coach on the floor and we've just had some very uh cerebral uh, kids who've been able to go out there and, and in essence, you know, they, they've been the ones who've been able to, uh, to, to facilitate uh, the, uh, the success. And so I think about those kids, I think about the captains uh, that we've had who have had to do some tough things, you know, over the years, we had some captains who had to address some really tough situations. And you know that um, you have a really strong culture. If, you as a head coach are not the one who's having to intervene when conflict arises, but when you have kids brave enough that they're courageous enough to, to uh, confront uh, the, 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 you know, breakdowns in, in, in culture that teams are inevitably going to have. So uh, those are the things that, like, like you said, the state championships, the conference championship, the regional championships, the championships, those are, those are wonderful. Uh, but I'll always remember uh, the, the kids that I coached and the impact that they've had on me, the lessons that I've learned from them and the relationships that exist uh, still to this day. Mm-hmm. You, you touched on something there that I don't think gets spoken out enough about is this, the student athlete has an impact on you. you. You tend to think about the coach's impact uh, that uh, the student athlete has like the impact that you have on the student athlete, but you don't always think about the impact that the student athlete has on the coach. Can you talk a little bit about how, how some of your student athletes have helped mold you into who you are and helped you uh, move forward? Yeah. I think the biggest thing is that um, I've always been reminded that um, getting to the root cause uh, of any situation is, is imperative and so finding out what motivates uh, kids, finding out uh, their experiences, uh, what's what shaped them in, into who uh, they are. And, and of course, again, that, that goes back to the classroom too, you know, building those relationships and, and making those connections. But I, I feel like um, athletes and students, but athletes ha- have taught me that um, it, it's important that we don't react based on uh, a situation or that we don't react based on first impressions uh, that we're willing to work with uh, the tough uh, kids, uh, the, the difficult kids, just as, w- uh, just as much as we are uh, the compliant kids. 
because certainly it's it's nice to have kids on the team who are uh, yes sir kind of kids and just do automatically what what a coach asks. But I think um, being able to to reach the kids who maybe aren't as 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 willing to 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 bridge that gap, um, it's just taught me a lot about persistence. It's taught me a, a lot about not not making judgments and about appreciating the, the individual strengths and weaknesses that that everyone who walks uh, the face of this planet has and 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 knowing that there's value in every single human being and and it's sometimes just a matter of of, of finding that and tapping into it mm-hmm. so after 15 years you decided to step away uh from coaching basketball what was what, what led into that decision and uh what was that transition like for you it was a lot of factors. Yeah, we we had a, a granddaughter, and so it was right at that point that you start thinking about priorities. Um, I had certainly devoted a lot of my life to coaching, and, and don't regret it for a moment. But starting to want to get some of that time back, or, or reallocate, or repurpose that time, uh, we had achieved a lot, as you said, and so that sense of accomplishment and and being at peace with what we'd done and, and how we'd done it. it. It just felt like it was the right time to transition into something different. Um, I did have, you know, thoughts in the back of my mind about pursuing uh, an administrative degree because it's something that had always been on a back burner due to the, the demands of, of coaching. And so uh, it opened up, you know, some avenues for that. But, y- you know, sometimes, it's difficult to put a finger on an, an exact cause. It's a combination of a lot of things. And I just felt like it was the right time to transition away. And, and I haven't regretted it uh, once. And, and the nice thing about it is uh, basketball is something uh, in which I'll always be involved. Uh, very active still in the Wisconsin Basketball Coach, Coaches Association. I'm the fundraising chair for the All-Star Games, which are coming up at the uh, end of this month, um, still doing work with the Six Rivers. And, you know, really um, staying in contact with coaches because there are a lot of great coaches who are, more importantly, great people. And so being able to uh, interact with them, uh, focus not on what my team's doing, but what some of my, you know, my, my, my colleagues teams are doing and really step back and, and, uh, and, and change my focus, but still keep the, keep the sport that I love and, 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 and the conference that, that I, that I love, um, central to, uh, to my life, even though I'm not directly coaching a team. Yeah. You still, you definitely have the love of the game and you, you, I'm glad to see you're still involved in a lot of different ways. Uh, you touched on uh, family when you were talking there. And being being a coach, like you said, you're devoting a lot of time to other people's kids and coaching the sport. Uh, can you talk about that su- support system you've had around you throughout these years? You bet. Well, it starts with my wife. I mean, she has allowed me to, to do this and certainly – 
it, it's taken a lot of time away from our relationship over the years. Those 15 years, she certainly had to make sacrifices. We had four children and, and when they were younger, it was her taking care of them, bringing them to the games. And people always laughed about, it was like mother duck leading the, the little ducklings along. And, um, and then of course the kids, as a byproduct of that, uh, they, they made a lot of sacrifices. And so I was able to get to a lot of uh, my son's uh, events because they, they generally didn't conflict, but from time to time there were, there were games for them that I missed because of my own coaching. Uh, my daughter would kill me if I didn't uh, mention that I missed her uh, college graduation from UW Platteville because I was coaching in a tournament uh, in Dubuque and 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 certainly um, she understands you know uh, dad dad was a coach her whole life but it doesn't mean that uh, she wasn't you know hurt a little bit by that and so um, to to have them understand uh, how much I love that that part of life and 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 what I did and and to make allowances for that and to encourage me. And, you know, they were the first people to congratulate me after a big victory, but they were also uh, sometimes the only people who were uh, consoling me after after disappointment. So uh, as you said, Corey, a person has to have that support system. Uh, and, and then I had some great, um, again, administrators and coworkers uh, at Monroe and, and at Blackhawk who were willing to uh, allow me to, to to do what I did or, or to pick up the slack. I mean, during a state championship, a state tournament week, uh, it's kind of difficult to get everything done. And so uh, the people who filled in for me then, um, and then and then just the the, the great coaches that um, that I that I have and there's uh, relationships with, and there's there's just too many to, uh, to even mention. But uh, sometimes they're the only ones who know exactly how. Uh, how you're feeling. And so um, they're, they're, they're always a call away. And, and again, uh, I hope that now being in this different role that I, that I can be that sounding board uh, for them. And I, and I know that I am. So um, it, it's a lonely profession sometimes. Uh, and, and so uh, having people around you who understand and, and, and encourage uh, that's, that's vital, right? So you mentioned a big event coming up, uh, June 24th, I believe, the Six Rivers All-Star Game. You want to talk a bit about that? You bet. So this is the uh, 16th year of the games. Uh, it's at Albany High School, as you said, on June 24th. There's a girls game that tips off at 6 o'clock p.m. And then we have a three-point shootout that involves girls and boys uh, between games and the boys event. The boys game starts at about uh, eight o'clock. These are all uh, graduated seniors who were all conference, whether it be first team, second team, or honorable mention. Uh, and, uh, and, and so it's a great way to further recognize uh, that achievement. Uh, we have raised money for the event. Um, or through the event, we've raised money for the American uh, Family Children's Hospital in Madison. That's that's the uh, beneficiary of our of our uh, of our efforts. Uh, Jerry Mortimer, who was the longtime 
basketball coach, boys basketball coach at Blackhawk was the originator of the event. And after a few years and he wasn't willing to, or not, I shouldn't say not willing, wasn't able to, uh, to continue, uh, directing or organizing, I, I certainly didn't want to see it die. And so I couldn't tell you what year uh, I took over, uh, but it was quite a few years ago. And uh, it's, as I said, uh, now that I'm not a, a, a head coach, it's, it's a great way to stay in touch with, uh, with the conference. But um, we've raised, I don't, I don't have a, an exact amount, but each year we raise uh, right around $1,000. Um, and so if we calculate that out, you know, I, I would say we, we have to be pushing or, or, or near uh, $20,000 over, over the course of the event. Um, and so it's just a great uh, testament to the, to the, to the character of the conference and, and the people that we have in the Six Rivers. And we think about um, small school conferences, there just aren't any as, uh, any as successful as the Six Rivers when you think about uh, the, uh, the, the achievements of those teams. So um, it's a great event and, and a great way to, to see those kids play uh, one last time and, and, to, and to take some rivals and uh, become friends for, for a while. I mean, you played, uh, you, you were involved in athletics, and I'm sure that there were some uh, folks from uh, Stoughton or, or, or Mount Horeb that you maybe didn't think you liked a whole lot as competitors. But then if you get a chance to meet someone and you, you realize that there's a lot more uh, similar uh, about you than, than different. Absolutely. So June 24th at Albany High School, uh, tickets, you can buy tickets at the door? Yeah, sorry. Thank you. I'm glad you brought that up. So we, uh, we've yeah. gone to just a free will uh, donation. So getting people there is really important. And we like to let people give what, um, what they're willing to give. But we've had some very generous, uh, generous spectators, obviously. And again, understanding uh, the cause that we support through the through the admissions, um, it's it's just important that we get people there. And you, you know, one of the byproducts of COVID has been that um, people stopped going uh, to events like that. But we're gradually seeing people come back uh, out to games, and so uh, we're hoping that uh, people are uh, comfortable coming in. And 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 certainly, if someone uh, didn't want to come to the games but uh, wanted to make a donation, they could just reach out to me and. And uh, we can make that happen, but it's it's all about uh, well, it's all about the kids uh, that play, but it's more importantly about the kids who have the the misfortune of being uh, in the hospital. And can can we do something to to brighten their day? Mm-hmm. Yeah, really good, really great cause. Um, that's awesome. So we've talked about your your time growing up in small town Wisconsin. We've talked about uh, being in the education field for. Um, your entire career, uh, pursuing your passion, uh, coaching. Uh, do you have advice for anybody who wants to pursue their passion? I think the biggest thing is not to let anyone uh, discourage you, uh, that that you're willing to, um, to put in the time. I mean, obviously, uh, my, my beginnings were, were really meager. I, I didn't know a lot about basketball, but it was through working with the great coaches whom I had, uh, who I worked with in Monroe and, and, and then stepping into that, to that varsity uh, role, it, it was all about learning. And so um, if you have a passion, 
first understand that uh, putting in the work is, is the prerequisite to success, uh, but not being afraid uh, to, to make mistakes. And I, I'd say that's the other thing too. I still have so much that I could, could learn about the game of basketball or learn about, uh, about being an instructor. I'm going to learn a lot about being a principal on the fly. Uh, but, but not being afraid to pursue that passion, not being afraid to dream and, and understanding that nothing, nothing comes, uh, without, without hard work. And if you're willing to work hard and, uh, and, and reach out, you know, network with other people, obviously what you're doing here with this podcast, how awesome that you're able to bring a message to others and inspire, you know, somebody has maybe watched one of your episodes and has said, wow, uh, you know, listening to that person makes me think that I could do something that maybe I've just been delaying because uh, because of because of fear uh, and and knowing that um, inadequacy is 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 only as as prominent as we allow it to be. That if we're willing to to learn and 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 work hard, that uh, we can do a lot of great things. Absolutely, really great advice. Uh, anything else you want to add about anything we've talked about? Otherwise, we can transition transition to some fun questions. Yeah, I just think that um, working with young people is the most rewarding uh, job a person could do. Uh, there's a lot of knocks on education right now. There's a, s- a severe shortage of people entering the 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 the, the trade, and and a lot of those. Uh, People are maybe looking at the financial aspects or, or, or the hardships, but uh, I know that every day I look forward to uh, working with young people and, and the, the, the results have been uh, more, more gracious than I ever could have imagined uh, them to be. And so um, I, I hope that uh, people continue to understand that uh, our young people need adults in their lives who are who are willing to uh, to help to help you know bring out the, the, you know their their greatness and to uh, and to make to make teaching coaching you know whatever it is uh, a profession because it's a noble one and it's one that um, it's one that uh, is severely underserved. All right, so I have three rapid fire questions around the state of Wisconsin, and then a couple questions to to wrap us up. So these these next three are more more fun questions. So. Gotcha. What's your favorite restaurant in Wisconsin? My favorite restaurant in Wisconsin. I like Buffalo Wild Wings. Um, I'm a I'm a sucker for wings, and so I like them hot, uh, mango habanero, traditional nice. blue cheese. Yeah, so uh, that's that's kind of my my go to. I'd say. Nice. That's awesome. Uh, what's your favorite event in Wisconsin? Well, I like the fish fry in Argyle. Uh, I don't always make it, but they have a fish fry at the end of June. And, and of course, being from Argyle and still having family there, when I am able to, to go and, and, and take my family, uh, it's, it's just a great event because of the community. It, it's, it's, uh, it's thrived over the years. Um, and we've seen some, some local uh, festivals uh, start, to, start to dwindle, but that one has stayed pretty strong and, 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 uh, you get a great, great meal, but, but more importantly, I, I just get to see a, a lot of, uh, special people. And so that's always been my favorite festival and it's hard to beat, uh, cheese days, of course, too, but, uh, 
but that there I'm a more of a of, of a visitor at the, at the Argyle Fish Fry. I'm kind of an insider. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's nice. I I haven't been to that in years. I need to need to head over one of these years again. Um, last rapid fire question: Where's your favorite place to hang out in Wisconsin? Uh, Woodford. It's a really big town, like 85 people. Uh, yeah, this is this is where I, you know where I live is is my favorite favorite place to be. Uh, I, it doesn't take a whole lot for for me to be uh, entertained or, or satisfied. So uh, I don't really uh, go very many places outside of, of work. Um, I, I like the peace and quiet that that this small town where my wife grew up and where where I now live, it, it's, it's my favorite place on earth. That's great. All right. Last two questions I have for you here. Um, how has Wisconsin helped shape you into who you are today? I think if we come back full circle to, to where I started, uh, this is an area that, that values hard work. This is an area that that values uh, stewardship uh, of, of the land. And I know agriculture is an ever evolving uh, uh, profession and, and, that, and that a lot of the small uh, farms are, are struggling to survive. But, uh, but certainly, you know, as much as I sometimes lamented the, the situation growing up, I didn't like milking cows. I didn't like being in that, uh, in that haymow on days like today. Uh, but it, it reminded me that, that hard work is, is rewarding and that, um, and, and that there's a lot of, there's a lot of satisfaction at the end of a, of a day, um, of, of hard work, a day well spent. Absolutely. All right. Last question I have here for you. I ask every guest I have on the podcast, almost every guest, I had a repeat guest, so I didn't have to ask it again, but, uh, this ties back into the name Wisco legacy. Big question here for you. When all is said and done, what kind of legacy do you want to leave behind? I hope it's a legacy of kindness. I hope it's a legacy of humility. Uh, I hope it's a, a legacy uh, of selflessness and and that um, and and that I've uh, that I've put uh, other people other people first as much as possible. That I've uh, that I've changed lives and, and hopefully uh, everyone that, that I've encountered uh, in some way, shape or form, uh, I, I've been able to, uh, to, to have a positive impact uh, on them. But, you know, really, like I said, I, 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 positivity is something that, um, that, that I've wanted to be, uh, you know, a, mar- a marker of, of my life. And so uh, is someone who has uh, faith and, and, uh, and tries to abide by that. But yeah, the, the selflessness, the humility, uh, I hope, I hope that's what people think of when they, when they think of Mike Flanagan. Absolutely. I've known you for years, uh, like swinging back to being my middle school football coach. And, uh, I obviously know a ton of people that went to your classes and, uh, you've made a tremendous impact, uh, for the people that I know and the people that, that have been in your life. So you're doing an incredible job uh, with that, uh, living up to that legacy. So I'm excited for you to transition that, that over to Darlington and make an incredible impact over there. Well, thank you. And I will, uh, the only thing I guarantee is that, is that I'll, I'll, I'll do my best and hope that it's hope that it's good enough.
Absolutely. Well, I appreciate you uh, hopping on Wisco Legacy. Thanks for joining. Thank you. So many great takeaways from today's episode. You could see the passion in his eyes as he talked about coaching, teaching, and impacting youth. Thank you, Mike, for hopping on the podcast to talk about your journey. I can't wait to see the impact you make in Darlington. If you like this podcast, please like, subscribe, rate, and review the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. We're on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and more. You can also find us on social media. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. Thank you for tuning into this episode of Wisco Legacy.